Hey designer, it's Leslie Myrick. I've been in the interior design industry since 2005 and have run Leslie Myrick Art and Design full-time since 2015. Before launching my design firm, I worked for and learned firsthand from two of North America's leading interior designers, Kimberly Selden of Kimberly Selden Design Group in Toronto and Betsy Burnham of Burnham Design in Los Angeles. I have invested well over $60,000 of my own hard-earned money in education, training, private coaching, seminars, trade shows, legal fees, and more. I've also invested about a million hours, probably, in real-life work experience, learning from podcasts and books, and making a ton of mistakes, figuring out how to run a business. But you know what? Mistakes are how you learn. And let's just say I've learned a lot. My degree is in interior design, not business, but I feel like I've earned an MBA in the school of real life. The Badass Biz Bundle is what I wish I had when I was starting out on my own. The business documents, the biz docs, I didn't know I needed, and a kick-ass mentor for biz talks to answer my questions with practical, tactical advice to help me quickly and confidently launch on my own. You can learn more about the Badass Biz Bundle at lesliemyrick.com slash coaching. I cannot wait to be part of your badass business journey. Now, on to the show. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design businesses, and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other, and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. This is episode 45, five helpful money habits for your business. Good morning, Kate. How's it going today? Hey, Leslie. Good to be back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey Kate, we're back it's gonna be good we'll get there <laughs> all right look well, let's be real honest we just had an amazing interview um with nancy gansikoffer which i believe will be going live after this episode anyway it's just the way things worked out it was so fun we did a lot of energy going on between me and Leslie and I was like, let's do one more. We have time to do one more before I go uh, and have my next obligation. So I think we're like rapid fire podcast recording today. It's super fun. I lo- I'm enjoying this, but yeah, it's just yeah. like it's this buzzy energy, you know. It is. And this is, it feels so good to be back in this rhythm of yeah, yeah, yeah. talking business again and you know, there is no normal, there's no new normal, but whatever we're all creating right now and finding space to work and be present. And it's just, it's fun to be, it's fun to be back in this world again, Kate. I've really missed it. Uh, yeah, same here. So we've talked about routines this season already, and, uh, this is one of the only parts of my week that feels routine. So yeah, <laughs> it's life giving. So, so today we're talking about just some really simple money habits. Um, we did talk about habits already, but that was more around just like creating routine for yourself. Um, but we are trying to shift our focus a bit this season to all things money. We've also talked a lot about, um, mental health <laughs> this season. And so that's sort of been teased out as a theme as well, but you know, money's on everybody's mind. We're talking about how to, how to earn it, how to manage it, how to save it, how to spend it. And so, you know, we just were thinking about a couple of the really specific ways we do 
um, manage money within our own business. And these are habits that we have, and we're going to share them with you today. Yeah. And we're not talking really like bookkeeping or nitty gritty. No. Yeah. This is really (laughs) systems we've put in place to help us review and be aware and know what our money is doing or choosing what our money is doing instead of simply being reactive when we see our profit and loss statement every month. So, and this has come in a, for me, Kate, this has been just out of necessity over the years of not wanting to have my head in the sand and actually get over the fear of mm-hmm. money and start to really feel like I have some control over it. So I'm excited to hear how you do things. And I know we have, as always, some similarities, but there's a few things that you do that are new to me that I'm really looking forward to hearing about. So tell us one of your big money habits, one of your favorite things that you do. Sure. And I will say very important to go back and listen to the episode of Jenny Carlson. We'll link to it, but a lot of what we're talking about here, um, is, sort of riffing off of what we talked about with her. Uh, she's financials for creatives. Great, great, great episode. Um, and so, yeah, talking about not being reactive, just like not being reactive with your time. You don't want to be reactive with your money. And that comes from just getting into some good habits, planning and that sort of thing. So one of the tips that I have that I started doing maybe about a year, year and a half ago was creating a money calendar. Um, so for a long time, I've had a list of what are my It's like a quick reference list of what are my operational expenses for my business or businesses as the case is. Um, So my website, I pay for that annually. How much is it? And when does it, when is my credit card charged? My um, Google, my Zoom, my Adobe suite, you know, what what are the software services going to be a lot of them for you. Maybe you pay, um, insurance for your business. You should, um, your bookkeeper. What are all of these recurring monthly, quarterly, and annual expenses that you have and put them into a specific money calendar. So forever, mine was just a list and a Google sheet and it set uh, sort of static there. And I would update it, you know, occasionally if I had a new expense, but then when I put it So I use Google um, Calendar, and I'm pretty sure you could do this with any calendar system, but you have different calendars for different things. We have a family calendar, a business calendar, a travel calendar, um, podcasting calendar. So I created a money calendar. Um, This way, if I'm thinking about money, I can just turn all the other calendars off and I can see them. But all of those daily, or sorry, monthly, quarterly, and annual expenses are no longer a surprise because they're in my calendar. I see them coming up. Um, and I know to expect them. So I, I know when my credit cards coming out, I know all of these things in advance and it helps me just visualize it and get to see it, um, and how it relates to the rest of my money that's coming in and going out. So, um, you can create reminders too, you know, if there are certain sort of bigger ones that you're like, I don't want to forget about that. Or I want to be thinking about this a week out to decide, do I need to keep this? Do I need to renew this when it's time for a renewal? Because so many things, I'm sure, Leslie, this has never happened to you, but you'll get a charge for something that you forgot was going to renew. And maybe it's a software or a service that you aren't using anymore and you don't really need. You're, you're going to be kind of stuck with that for the next year if that happens to you. So it's happened to me and I was like, screw this. I'm done with that. <laughs> so that's my first tip. Create a money calendar for yourself. 
I like that you do it visually in Google Calendar because I guess I do have this, but I didn't call it that. I use Asana for this and I have a project that is just recurring tasks. So I have a section for weekly tasks, monthly tasks, quarterly tasks, and annual tasks. And in the annual task section, I have, you know, Ivy's about to renew X date every year. And I set a reminder for two weeks before so that I can go take a look, make sure I still need it, review it, and then cancel or change or adapt. And yes, that was born out of necessity. <laughs> After getting charged for software, I was like, well, crap, I don't want that. Yeah, and now I've just I paid $300 for something. So yeah, you whether you do it- do, Go ahead. Well, the, another thing that I do is I'll turn off all the other calendars so that the only thing I see is money. And I'll print that out for the year so I can kind of see- you know, my big expenses oh, nice. are spread out over the year. You know, they don't all happen at once, but I do feel like in December, I have like a bunch of things that renew and it's like, you know, just making sure that you're prepared for those things. So yeah. that's, you know, I can glance at a month and see, you know, what to plan for just so I'm not surprised. I think that's great. And I, yeah, whether you do it visually or in a project manager, task manager, or if it is just a Google doc, something that you remember to check, that's yeah. such a smart idea so that you're that not. That was my problem. I wasn't checking it. Yeah. I think it's easy to spend money <laughs> my that you don't every day. have. Yeah. No, I like that. That's really cool. All right. So All right, Leslie, what's your um, tip number two? Or it is <laughs> a very sexy spreadsheet you I've know, made. Mm-hmm, girl, you know how I track everything. So I created this spreadsheet. It's just in Google Sheets. It's nothing fancy, but and I don't even remember exactly what I've called that it. That is has a, a bunch of BS. I've seen that spreadsheet. It okay. is fancy. There's some colors and some math <laughs> happening. But well, okay, you shared it with me, and I use a version of it too. I've sort of made it my own, but it's it's lovely. Thank you. Well, it is my referral and kind of project profitability analysis. It doesn't have a good sexy name yet. It's a real, really not a sexy name. No, but all it is is um, a column with the name of every client who has ever booked a consultation call with me. And then I track, you know, we had a call. Did they buy a package? And I can find out, okay, so of the whatever hundred phone calls that I've had this year... 68 turned into a design jumpstart session, five turned into this. And it's just a good way to know what's working, what's not, who's buying, kind of what my quote closing rate is on things. And then if it becomes a project, I just continue along the spreadsheet and I track, and this is so eye-opening and humbling and humiliating and amazing. But if for flat fee projects, I was tracking how much I charged and then I would note how many hours I actually spent and if I was hourly what I should have made and to find out if I was making money on projects or losing money and it hurts to see some of those numbers and to realize that you're not being profitable but god it is so important to track these things and to know so you can change and improve so yes this is a tedious spreadsheet it's annoying but I am so grateful. Oh, and I, I skipped over this part. I also include the referral source, how someone found me. I was just going to say, me. you're leaving out a really Yes, and that is it. so important. So I also write down where they found me, and then I have another column where I grade the, the client or the project. I mean, it's pretty simple, A, B, C, D. Can mm-hmm. I, yeah, let me, I, I want to, because you shared this with me, and I just want to, you may be getting to this. So excuse me if I'm jumping over your words, but Say, for example, so last, I don't know, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about, oh, it was our Q&A session, number 40. Um, they asked, you know, how do you feel about referral services? And 
again, we're not going to name names because they, you know, these are companies. Oh, like the big home websites that could send yeah. you potential clients. Yeah. So let's just say some of those referral sources for you, if you're curious how they are performing, you know, compare your referrals from your word of mouth, maybe from your church or your, uh, your, um, if, if you're at a, a country club or some other a professional networking group, you know, all of the different ways that your clients find you Google, you know, um, are your referral sources from these like home websites, for example, versus your church group, you know, versus your country club, what's the quality of the client and the project and do you see a pattern and consistency in there? It's a super nerdy spreadsheet and I love it and I need to get back to using it. <laughs> I love that you pointed that out, Kate, because it's not just, you know, X home referral website sent me 10 clients if they were all garbage clients and you were frustrated and underpaid. She didn't mean garbage clients. She meant not a right fit client. I meant garbage client. No, <laughs> you're right. You know what I mean though. Like a client, not all clients are created equal and there's sure. going to be some clients you get that are profitable and easy and fun and you're thriving and life is yes. good. And those are your A clients. Yes. And then there's clients where they might've paid you money, but it was the worst experience and you would have rather yes. paid them to not do it again. So <laughs> I just give a simple A, B, C, D grade. That's <laughs> never know, happened that, to us. Is that just me for feeling that way? No, but I just give no. them a simple A, B, C, D grade. You know, if anything is below, it really doesn't, I don't even need D basically. Like if it's not an A or a B, I don't want it again. Sure. But to have this information all on one sheet, one line to know if they had a call, what package they bought, where they came from, was the project actually profitable, you can start to drill down on who are your true ideal clients and how to better charge things. And guys, you might think you know this stuff, and I'm telling you until you actually do it, you don't. I was really, really surprised. If you're not tracking your hours, people, this isn't going to work. Well, that's a whole be, nother thing. That's, but a, even, that's a whole other, You need to be tracking your hours at least for a season. If you've yeah. been doing this work and you've done a few projects, but maybe you're not tracking your time. Um, it, that can be eye opening. In but, fact, I'm just going to make that my next tip because the, one of the tips that I had on my list here sort of ties into your profit, your, your sheet. The, I, my, maybe we'll just, my nerdy there, might be six, there might be six habits here. I don't know. We're just, I told you guys, we're just kind of rolling with the punches here, but you, I do something similar, but separate. It's not tracking the, okay. So maybe to do this way. I use that tool that you gave me. Okay, good. But then I also have a one sheet. It's my project profit sheet. And that is just a couple of lines that indicates, you know, what was my income, my gross income on this project for services, like my time, my design fees, my staff's fees. Uh, sales of product. So gross, what did I, uh, what was my gross income for this particular project? Um, what were my, what were my cost of goods related to the project to give me my net income for uh, product? Um, but then I also track any non-billable expenses, out-of-pocket expenses on that same sheet. And it was kind of everywhere. You know, I could get this information everywhere, but putting it into one little simple spreadsheet gave me an indication of how, how it fared. So I love to give gifts to my clients. I track all of that. So they usually, this is just an example, would get like flowers on their birthday, um, maybe a nice bottle of wine at the end of a project or 
you know, if it's a really big project, they might get, you know, something a little bit nicer. And then Christmas, I always give out gifts too. Um, I track those to the project as well. Um, if we made a mistake, you know, um, cause it happens and you end up needing to pay for something out of pocket on the project, um, that goes in there as well. And so you add up all of your income, all of your costs, and then that gives you your, um, overall health, financial health of that project. And I heard somewhere, maybe it was Nancy, but it should be around 60% of, uh, you know, you should be grossing at about 60%. Um, so that's my target goal. So similar, but different. I think you just have it all on one spreadsheet where yeah, I that's have what it I was kind of say. two. I think I've, I've rolled cause I, you know, what's funny. I did have it on separate spreadsheets and then I realized I was just making a new spreadsheet every time with the client's name and the day. And I was like, this is stupid. This all just belongs in one ridiculous place. And so what I wanted to touch on earlier was the fact that with referrals and how you're getting your clients and what packages they're buying, you might think you know who your best clients are and your best referral sources are, but until you actually put a grade next to it and then just look at all your A clients, you might actually be surprised as to where all your top clients are coming from. And I say this because I used to be part of a formal business networking group, save for one client in the two, no longer than two years, about three years I was part of it. Every client that I got from that group was a B, C, or D. There was only one A client referral and she was in the group. So I really got to know her, but all those years, all that time, all those referrals were not great clients. And when I actually saw that group, did you pay to be in that group? Oh, I paid for that group with my time and my money. Yes. And I'm not saying those kind of things are bad in this case it's like I was getting referrals and I had new leads and it felt good. But when I actually put the information in this spreadsheet, it was very eye-opening to realize that I have been giving so much time to be part of these meetings and investing money to not really get any clients that were doing me that good. And then looking at other, and I think like I had maybe 10 A clients at that point and four out of my 10 came from my church. And I wasn't even thinking of church. And I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that earlier as a viable source. Like, it just, it didn't even click with me. So if you're not tracking these things, these are really, really helpful money habits. Even if, you know, we're talking about referrals and all this too, all of these are how you make the money. And if you know where your best clients are coming from, you can focus more Do time, more attention, <laughs> energy, and yeah, and money yeah. in those areas to get more of those A projects and not those garbage clients that goodbye, <laughs> thank you, go work with someone else. Awesome. So that was, I sort of, we sort of transitioned there to, uh, number three. What, uh, what is your number four money habit? My number four money habit is the biggest and best money habit I have in my business, hands down. And that is implementing profit first. I know we've talked about Mike Michalowicz before his book, Profit First, game effing changer for my business and how I run things. You and know Leslie's serious when she says effing. When I say effing. So, okay, I'm going to just simply profit first is the idea of you know, the old model accounting is income minus expenses equals your profit. So if you have income, you spend a lot, you don't have any profit. That sucks. Profit first flips it around and says income 
minus profit equals expenses, meaning you pay yourself first as a business owner, you take a profit first, and you operate your business on what is left. And it is phenomenal to be able to pay yourself something every month, even if it's modest. And it is such a shift in how we look at things. I know a lot of bookkeepers don't get it. So if that is yours, there are amazing bookkeepers that do know Profit First. There are Profit First certified coaches and programs. At the very least, read the book because I think it is, it's so simple. Or or listen to the, yeah, that's true. But (laughs) anyway, I just, I cannot say enough good things because I really genuinely feel like I have a good solid footing and it's so reassuring to see that I have an operating account with money in it most of the time, not always during COVID. I have a profit account with profit and the whole thing with profit is it stays there and every quarter you take 50% of the profit as a bonus to yourself as the owner for doing the hard work, for investing. And that way it grows and grows and grows, but you still get to give yourself a quarterly bonus, which is such a a beautiful reward. And he's very firm on not reinvesting that in the business, but taking that profit for you, going out for a nice dinner, booking a vacation, doing something to reward yourself. Because if you keep doing this work and never getting paid and always paying the business first and never getting the reward from your sacrifice, you are going to burn out and give up. And this is so important to manage your money this way. Absolutely. So Leslie introduced me to this um, book and I have listened to it and done all of the worksheets and have incorporated it and all that good stuff. But to be clear, I want to be clear that you, you know, we would hope that you would be paying yourself monthly anyway, that that profit account that is a percentage of your, um, business that goes separate and it just sits and it just hangs out there for a little while. That's a great so, clarification. Profit is not your owner's draw. Profit is not your pay. Profit yeah, is separate. I pay myself every month, every two weeks now. And then in addition to that, which is, I think actually considered an expense, but maybe not. Anyway, in addition to that, there's a percentage of all the money that you've made. And, and he has you start small at like 1% or 2%. And then you want to gradually increase your percentage goes into your profit first and then all the coins left over that becomes how much it it costs your operating budget yeah your operating expenses so i just wanted to make that clarification cool yeah thanks we'll be sure to link um that book and mike mccallett's stuff into the um yeah show notes um what are we on? Number five? Is this the last one? I think one? so. We've just like powered through these. <laughs> okay. If we, ha- if we have a second, then I will also say Mike McCallitz also wrote a book called um, The Pumpkin Method and The Pumpkin the, Plan. I'm actually reading that right now. Say that. And then the, are you, I haven't read it, but The Toilet the, Paper the, Entrepreneur is one of his early one. books. Why am I speaking on this? Clockwork. Okay. I've talked about clockwork. He takes the same idea of money and applies it to time. Um, we've been talking a lot about time and money on this season. So um, the idea of profit first is that you pay yourself and you get this extra bonus, this treat quarterly. Um, he In that book, he takes the same principle applying it to time and saying once a year or whatever, plan to take two weeks off where you totally 110% disengage, like fully check out. And if you aren't able to do that tomorrow, then you've got some work to do to figure out how you can um, set your business up so that it can run on its own. 
um, if you're not there. So really love his, all of his work. Um, Profit First is great. And so is Clockwork. I've read those two, but he has a couple of others that I haven't read. Okay. Read them all. Moving on, moving on to number five, which is our fifth and final tip today is I have, we've talked about batching before batching your days and your time. My most important day is money Monday. Um, it's sometimes called money and marketing Monday, which Oh, you would love that, Leslie. I was just going to say, I can't believe you of all people are embracing alliterations. You always give me crap for it. You'll come <laughs> over to the I dark side, Bendewald. I think tying money and marketing together on the same day sort of puts you in that CEO mindset right at the beginning of the week. And so, you know, I don't have a super rigorous routine around what happens on those days, but it's typically something like, you know, I always check in, check into the bank account, check the credit cards. Um, if there is an invoice that needs to be paid and let's say it came in last Wednesday, I've put it in the folder for money Monday. So I just open that folder up, whatever needs to be done related to money happens at that time. So this way I'm not reacting to things on like Tuesday or Thursday, you know, just cause I get an invoice, I'm not going to stop and take 15 minutes to pay it. Although it really doesn't take that long. <laughs> you know, on but Wednesday, it interrupts it's like, your flow. It interrupts, no, it interrupts your flow. On. So I just push it off to, to Monday and it goes on my list for Monday, Monday. Um, but marketing, um, is tied with that. So if there are, um, this one's a little bit more loose. So let's say if I have a, a proposal that needs to go out, um, you know, I usually try to do those on Monday. Sometimes, you know, you need to get something out sooner than that. And, and I definitely will make exceptions, but, um, social media working on that, um, if there's follow-up that needs to happen with a past client that maybe wanted to work with you pre-COVID and you want to check back in with them, you know, I make sure to focus on those marketing-related tasks on Monday. On Monday, so this is why I don't take clients on Monday. Um, no, I well, I will do phone calls, um, but just within a very small window of time on Mondays, like one to two. Um, but zero client meetings, no errands, no nothing. This is heads down, focused on these aspects. And then, of course, I have working Wednesday. So, see, I do like alliteration. I know. Uh, working Wednesday is my full-on creative day. Um, to the best of my ability, I try to not book meetings and calls and travel on those days because I want to be fully in that creative zone, turn on the tunes, light a candle, get my kombucha going <laughs> you know, all the things, um, so that I could sit down and get into that creative headspace. So that allows Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, you know, I'm not working a full schedule right now, but this is typically, it was my routine. I've mentioned before, I'm struggling to get back into a routine, but I'm trying, <laughs> you know, those are the days where I'm out running errands, having meetings, that sort of thing. That's so, awesome. But most importantly is scheduling time for your money. Whether yes. you, it's money Monday or whenever, um, I put, I had a post this week that was about eating the frog, like do the thing that you don't want to do first so that it's not hovering over your head all day or all week. Well, personally, I don't like dealing with money. It's real. I just, I've said before, I have no problem making money. It's the management of it that I just have to work on. And I'd much rather be doing creative work, but if I get it out of the way on Monday, on Monday, that I can feel good, that I can just take a breath, relax, dive into my week. Check on with me, check in with my people, do the creative work, make the things. You get the idea. You touched on something a minute ago that I want to elaborate on a little bit. And that's the idea of that this is 
the whole point of this episode and this conversation and what we're doing is we're making money a habit. It doesn't matter if you adopt any of these five points or if you start doing all of these things. They're all great. But the point is to not be turning a blind eye to what's happening in the money in your business and what's going on your credit card automatically and whether you make it a, you know, a calendar appointment weekly or quarterly or a, an Asana task that pops up, whatever it might be. We just want to really encourage you, especially now, you know, we're months into the COVID-19 thing, but it's still real. And the mm -hmm. economy has not fully returned and life is not fully back up to speed. And the more that you are hiding from money, the worse things are going to get. And it's hard, but you got to put on your big girl panties and make an appointment with yourself on the calendar and get real with this and figure out where your money is coming from how to get more of it from those sources and how to best manage what you do have. So make these. No. Yeah, I know. And I feel like I'm not alone. I, I know that there's this stereotype around creatives being not good with money. And I hate that stereotype because, you know, it's, there's, we, we can be in, in, um, what I find is that once I sit down and I get into it and I start doing it, I actually find it enjoyable and I feel so much more. Yes. I feel much more knowledgeable. I feel like I'm more in control and it's kind of like going to the gym or however you choose to work out. Like the hardest part is getting started. Yeah. But once you get in it and you just get going, I think it actually helps you build momentum and steam. And it's just, it's going to help you. I'm going to tell a story that I've told on here before, but it was fall, not last year, but the year before 20, so fall of 2018, I want to say, um, I feel like I had just moved to Waco and I was really having a hard time getting into the groove of getting my business restarted. You know, I was hot because it was Texas. <laughs> it was cranky because I had to leave my friends in, in Denver. Um, I just wasn't in the best mindset, but you know, several months had passed and finally it was like, okay, this bank account isn't going to support itself forever. <laughs> I got it. I kind of feel like I need to get going here. And, um, you know, I just spent one day doing some math for my business to see like, how long can I sustain myself? Like not working right now because I had some money saved up. And once I did the math and I looked at all of it, I was like, shoot, like it's, I don't have as much time as I thought. Um, you know, I had a little bit of time. So, but I, the next, it was actually the same afternoon. I was like, okay, who can I call? Who can I connect with? What emails can I write? What are some just, what's just one marketing thing that I could do today just to start to give it momentum. And literally with, by the end of that week, I had three or four consultations booked. I had the Waco and wanting to do a feature on, um, our house, um, which that I didn't reach out to them for that, but it was a long story short, they reached out to me, but I had let, been letting the email sit. Cause I wasn't <laughs> y'all. I was blue. I was feeling the blues. So anyway, it got, it actually got me out of my funk really, because then I could start to focus on something else. I could start to focus on my clients and other people. And so that was the one time deal, not the one time, but working on my money actually made me happier. Yeah. <laughs> it felt good. So it can be motivating to, to do those things. And yeah. 
Absolutely. So I'm, I'll recap what the five points were because we were kind of all over the place. But the first thing we recommend <laughs> is to create a money calendar, whether that is physically in your calendar or in a task management program, something that's going to alert you that money stuff is coming up and you need to take care of it. Tip number two is to create a sexy nerdy spreadsheet and start tracking where your referrals are coming from, what packages they're buying, if they were a good client, and if you were actually profitable on the job. That is such valuable information as you make decisions to move forward. Number three is kind of a simplified version of that, and it's Kate's project profit sheet, where she's really just looking at sales and services, billable and non-billable, what revenue the project brought in versus what expenses the project cost. And again, this is just to know, where's your money going? Are you profitable? Is this business thing working? Tip number four, read profit first. It's so good. And tip number five is to have an alliterative day on your calendar like Money Monday and just make this a regular part of your thang, monthly, quarterly, weekly, whatever works best for you. Get something on the calendar, block the time to do this and to be a grown-up boss and tackle this (laughs) stuff because we know it's easy for us to talk about this now because we've made these habits our normal but it was not always like this. And it definitely took me a long time to get there to be comfortable with this and willing and not just like, well, I'm going to spend it and see what happens. And that's really how I was for the first little while in business. So it takes practice. It takes it practice. Does. I want to create a challenge. I've never done this before, but, Ooh. um, I want you, so you're listening, you've just listened to this episode to think of, was there one, just at least one thing on this list that you're not already doing or that sparked an idea with you, um, put it on your calendar right now, whatever it is, make time in your calendar to implement at least one of these tips. Um, if there's more great, but, um, if you're driving, do a little voice note to remind yourself later, stay safe. If you're running on the treadmill, stop, put it in your calendar. (laughs) I would pick the example of exercise and tell you to stop. Um, just, if you can't drop what you're doing right now and implement just one of these, then schedule it in your calendar and get that super important momentum to get going. Yeah, girl. And then when you're done, I want you to email us <laughs> at what's our hello, hello at, design- at designersgettingcoffee.com. Perfect. Or you can tag us on Instagram and say, Hey, I did this. You know, just, I want to hear about which one you picked, why it was important to you. Um, and just cheer you on. All right. That's all I have. We should start doing challenges more often. I like it. I need someone to challenge me. I need it. I need Kate. I'm going to challenge you to share. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you to share one cool thing you've discovered this week. Boom. Segway. That's an easy one. Okay. Um, I have been dying over cuff home, C U F F home, their product lines. Um, their website is kind of, it's cuffstudio.com and we'll link to it. Their pieces are so beautiful. They do have a trade program, but these are like museum style, beautiful furnishings that have these really sensuous shapes, I would call them as well as a beautiful, beautiful, uh, color palette. It's, it's a very 
edited color palette and they, every piece looks beautiful together, you know, um, it's a modern furniture line. Um, but yeah, I was looking for something the other day and I posted in a Facebook group. Does anybody, anybody know what this is? And like 10 people made fun of it, which I was like, hmm, please, um, <laughs> you wouldn't know a beautiful piece of furniture if it slapped you in your face, but this one lovely person, <laughs> I don't remember her name, but she responded and says, that looks like it could come from cuff home. So I was like, Ooh, cuff home. Anyway, it turns out they didn't have the piece, but I discovered all of these gorgeous, yummy pieces of furniture. And I think I mentioned they have a trade program. So check them out, cuffstudio.com. Actually, it's shop.cuffhome.com, which is even harder. So I'll just put it in the show notes for you. (laughs) All right. Well, I found something. Okay. I got to give credit to my girl, Kristen from Ivy and Jade Design. She's one of my coaching clients. I love her. We have a blast on our coaching calls. And she helped me because she told me about a piece of software called Affinity. This was completely new to me, you guys. I use Photoshop for my mood boards and a few other things, but I'm transitioning more and more to using Canva, but I still need Photoshop for certain, you know, for certain things. And I've been paying monthly for Photoshop, which is fine. It's great software. I'm not knocking the software, but I don't get a lot of use out of it. Affinity is basically Photoshop, Affinity Photo, and it's a flat fee, one-time download. It's not the monthly subscription. And regular price, it's about 50 bucks. And I am in oh love gosh. with it. And they've got, I can't remember the names of all of them. I know I have Affinity Photo. They basically have the equivalent of Adobe's main products, like Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign. Affinity has their own versions. I believe they're all about 50 bucks each. I got it for half that. They were having a sale. And I'm thrilled what? with it. It actually runs better on my computer than Photoshop. And it's not the monthly expense. So I'm really happy about that. And Kristen's used it for years and she was raving about it. So thanks, girl. I love it. And I'm just happy to find a great alternative that's more affordable. Again, there's a monthly expense I was looking at when I was going through money going, I wish I could let this go. Even though it's small, it adds up over time. So yeah, if this is new to you, check out, I don't know the website, we'll link it, but Affinity has great products that are very comparable to Adobe. That's really interesting. I am so glad you mentioned that. I have been a diehard Adobe fan for years, and this is in no way a knock on Adobe. I obsess. I've, I love InDesign. I, you couldn't pay me to use uh, PowerPoint or uh, I use Canva for other things, but I just, it's got, I can customize it to the nth degree, which for some people that's overwhelming, but the graphic design nerd in me loves that. But just in looking, you know, I pay for Adobe Illustrator and InDesign and uh, Photoshop, uh, Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign. Yes, got it. And it's a pretty penny. And it is when you have all of them. And I truthfully, I use InDesign religiously, but I don't have, I don't use the others as much. So that could be an area. But anyway, well, thanks for the. Thanks for the advice. I'm going to check them out. We're going to need a URL for that bad boy. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes for sure. But yeah, I like it. They be good. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Leslie. This was a great episode. So good to see you. You too. We're happy to be back. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you next Friday. Hey, designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback and are so grateful that you're sharing the show with your designer friends. 
For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.com.